This is Kyle Brown, and this morning I'm here with Jill Calabro, the Field Development Manager for the Northeast for Valent. We are here to talk a little bit about this mild winter that we're having right now. I'm really glad to have you on for this. What have you been hearing so far out there? Well, there have been a couple things at play in terms of the winter this year, and primarily those impacts have been felt across the Northeast and also the Midwest, especially the upper Midwest. For the first part is temperature. It's been a really mild winter across both the Northeast and the Midwest. The Pacific Northwest and California, they've seen a pretty typical winter, maybe a little colder and maybe a little bit more precipitation than normal. But the areas that impact golf courses the most this year that we're most concerned about right now, especially, again, are the Northeast and the Midwest. The first consideration is those mild temperatures, which translates into less snow cover, which mm. translates into less snow mold, which is a good thing if you think about it on the surface. But it's also had an impact on microdochium patch, because in some areas there has been some abnormally dry conditions, almost drought conditions, and that's been especially noticed in the upper Midwest, parts of Wisconsin, um, all of Minnesota, parts of Iowa, the Dakotas. I've heard a few reports coming out of the Chicago area where you just haven't seen as much precipitation as in normal years. So this means there's going to be less snow mold, but that snow cover acts as a nice protectant layer for the turf. And if it's not there, it can leave the turf susceptible to drying conditions and desiccation and exposure. So on those evenings where you do get down to the typical overnight temperatures of the 20s or the teens, it really leaves the turf susceptible to exposure and a lot of stress. We've seen a little bit of that in the Northeast as well. The, the biggest impact, I think, is probably going to be seen in the Midwest, but we are seeing it somewhat in the Northeast too. I'm based in Maryland, and my gosh, <laughs> I love these mild conditions. I think it's wonderful. <laughs> um, I know a lot of superintendents are starting to get a little bit nervous about what's going to happen disease-wise, and my best prediction is that we're not going to be seeing nearly as much damage from snow mold conditions, whether it's pink snow mold or gray snow mold, but the, the potential problem coming in could be anthracnose. I was just talking to a super who said that you know, he hasn't seen any snow mold, but they're already starting to see a little bit of signs of stress on the turf itself. Exactly. So what are you seeing in terms of anthracnose coming around earlier? We have to keep in mind anthracnose in general and how it operates as a disease, its typical characteristics. The first thing, it's predominantly a problem on poannua. It can be a problem. It can infect bent grass as well, but it's primarily a problem on poannua. So areas where we've got a lot of poa, anthracnose is a big concern. Second thing to think about with anthracnose is that this is an opportunistic disease. I call it kind of a weak pathogen. It's not the strongest disease out there. And what it does is it's always present, either it's living in the thatch or, or dead plant material, and it just kind of hangs out. And then as soon as the plant becomes stressed, then it causes disease, and it can become mm. pathogenic. It's weak in that it's not a problem until the turf is stressed. So when we start approaching and looking at over all these mild winter conditions where we're seeing potential drought problems, exposure problems to the turf and things, the first thing I think of is, oh gosh, what's going to happen with anthracnose early on, especially basal stem anthracnose. Basal stem anthracnose is that anthracnose that is most severe and it's hardest to control, and that's what's problematic in the early spring. So that's what we'll see first, and I think we're going to see quite a bit of it pop up this year earlier than normal. So I would encourage superintendents to really be out there and scouting for anthracnose. There are some superintendents who've had to mow a couple times already this year in places like Ohio. Wow. <laughs> you know, that's almost unheard of. <laughs> if they're out there mowing, 
I think there's you know, a really good possibility anthracnose is active. Some other considerations I think to think about are trying to minimize cultural activities or activities in general to, to minimize plant stress. So anything superintendents can do to lessen traffic on the courses. I know a lot of golfers think, yay, it's wonderful weather, let's go out and golf. That can cause a lot of stress. Back to superintendent things that they can do to help prevent this anthracnosis. Anything you can do to keep your turf happy and healthy will help minimize anthracnose. And I know that's hard to do. The most common thing cited is always raise the mow heights. That's a, a great thing to do. That's a great strategy to control anthracnose. It's not always possible. And in those cases, then you have to rely on fungicides. I would recommend using a, a broad spectrum fungicide. Valent has a great product, Turney. It's a great broad spectrum product that can used preventively can also give you control of some of the other early diseases out there too, like yellow patch, whitea patch, and some of those other early diseases to, to be concerned about. What are some of the symptoms that you might be looking for with anthracnose if it's showing up this early? Again, you want to look for basal stem anthracnose, which is a little bit harder to identify because it's really down in the plant. Um, little individual plants will just start yellowing and dying out. So if you start seeing little even dime-sized patches of yellowing, sad-looking, sorry turf, especially perennial, <laughs> start looking for those typical anthracnose signs. And, and you can pull up individual plants, and with a little hand lens, you can take a look and, and look for those telltale black specks that are the actual signs of the disease. It's definitely good to know. I know a lot of our supers probably deal with it all the time, but it's always good to have a reminder of exactly what to look for. Sure, absolutely. And, and if there's ever any question or any doubt, send a sample in to be diagnosed by university facility. I always recommend that. Diagnostic labs are some of the best tools superintendents have out there. Is there anything else that we should go over for the supers? I think I've covered a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we did just fine. I really appreciate your help with this, Jill. I know we'll be looking for anthracnose. Now with these tips, this might help us cut that off a little bit before it gets started. Thanks so I much. I hope so. Thanks, Kyle. <laughs>